0: hello i'm steve corbin and welcome to revelation health where we'll open your eyes to the often confusing world of health and health insurance it is our goal to provide you with the information you need in a way you can understand to give you the confidence to be a better advocate for you and your family we are brought to you by the kingdom health group a nonprofit organization whose mission is to help working families in the pioneer valley overcome the financial burden caused by medical debt so as promised today we're going to into this, we're going to discuss why building relationships with our doctors is important and some steps that we can do. Um, we can take to, to do just that. Um, so, first, we're gonna, I mean, just why is it necessary to build that relationship? Um, it may seem like a, a pretty basic question, you know, why do you want to build a relationship with your doctor? Um, but it's actually something that's be- it gets more and more difficult today um, than before. I, I mean, I'm, I'm 49, almost 50 years old. Um, and I can kind of remember back in the day, most likely when I was younger, I was a child and, and with the pediatrician, you know, growing up, seeing the same pediatrician over and over and over again, um, we didn't have to get pushed off to like a, a nurse practitioner or anything like that. Um, and when I went into the, my pediatrician's office, it was, it was just his office. It wasn't a medical office where there was like 30 other practitioners there. Um, it was, it was him. And actually remember it, it was... It was in the basement of his house, my pediatrician's office. You, you went in and you went kind of, it was this big, gorgeous, um, kind of Victorian house. I, I grew up in, in Rhode Island, so I remember this was in Providence, Rhode Island. We went right back in, into his basement. It was just a. Uh, you know, beautiful office. And, and I just knew every time, you know, my mom would go in there, she'd have a conversation or if my grandmother was bringing me, there'd, there'd be a conversation and we were there for some time. It wasn't like a quick 10 minute, you know? So this is, that's the relationship, right? So you, you kind of know what's going on and you trust that individual to kind of navigate your care. Um, we don't have that anymore. Um, you know, I know the last time I went to go see, you know, my primary care physician, it was 15 minutes you know you walk in you wait in the waiting room for 20 minutes before they even bring you in and that's on a good day um you know you the nurse grabs you you step on a scale you get your weight done they do a couple tests blood pressure this that um your primary care physician comes in you have a quick 10 minute conversation blood pressure's good everything's great you're on your way you know i mean how are you building a trusting relationship when you have 10 minutes um so what we really want to do today is kind of talk to you about how you can maximize that time. And the reality is it's your time. You know, if you need 15 or 20, don't feel rushed. Take 15 or 20 um, because the doctor, they, they do want to help you. And you're going to hear me say this over and over again throughout the, the course of this podcast. Um, the doctors are good people, right? What we deal with today in our healthcare and our health insurance system right now is a lot of good people in a bad system. Right? The system itself is broken. The people within it, they wanna help. Um, so if you're spending the time and you're asking the right questions and you're engaging your primary care physician, um, they're gonna in turn give you that time. Um, and so, I mean, I'll tell you a quick story. So my primary care physician, I moved out to Western Massachusetts from, from Rhode Island 23 years ago, almost 24 years ago now. And uh, I've had the same primary care physician for 20 of those years. Um, I don't always go every year, but every other year I go for my my physical and my checkup. And, and this guy's been great. But in that time, he went from private practice, purchased by a freestanding medical group, to purchased by a hospital. So in those 20 years, he went from being able to spend 20, 30, 40 minutes with me when I needed it to churn and burn. As a matter of fact the, the appointment I had with him, my annual physical, the year before COVID, I go into his office and he just looks at me, he goes, Hey, Steve, he goes, I, I got to ask your permission for something. Um, because of HIPAA laws, um, we would like to have, we'll call her Jane. I, I don't actually remember what her name was. Um, he's like, I, I need to have Jane come in here. Um, cause she's going to be my transcriber. So what we talk about, she's going to, enter into the system so I don't have to do it. And I'm like, no, that's great. You know, pretty convenient for you. And he looks me dead in the eye. He goes, listen, don't think that this is so I can give you better care or spend more time with you. He goes, this is absolutely 100% so I can get you out of my office and get somebody else in. So I'm not spending my time entering medical records. I'm spending my time getting more and more patients in here. And that's what it is. I mean, he's owned by a hospital system. It's really um, kind of churn and burn for, for lack of a better term. I mean, they, they, the more people they get in, the more patients they see in a course of a day, the more they're making from the insurance companies. Um, so it sounds like a bit of an uphill battle here, building those relationships, but it is necessary. Um, and one of the things that you, you need to ha- you need to ask them is, is you just start they start talking about treatment and then say you're going in and it's a sick visit you're not feeling well and they they start going over this treatment plan um one of the questions you need to ask today is how much will this treatment cost yeah i know everybody says you can't put a price on your health well the insurance companies sure do um the facilities sure do so you need to actually understand what that price is um and again It's a very important question. It's probably, I got to be honest with you, you should be asking it because it engages the doctor. It forces him to have that conversation with you. Odds are, he's not going to know. You know, there's going to be some follow-up that you're going to need to do. It's probably going to have a conversation with the health insurance company as well. Um, We're not going to end with just having this conversation with, with the doctor. Um, the other question that you should probably ask as there. and this is, you know, you're going through a course of treatment, you're not feeling well. Um, it's really, once you get an idea of what that cost is, ask if there's a, if there's a less costly way to treat it. You know, they may want you to go in for some imaging that, you know, you know, because you've done your homework and you understand the cost of that, you know, that's going to cost you a thousand dollars, maybe $2,000 because you have a deductible and your imaging goes to that deductible first. Is there a least costly way to do this? Do I need the imaging up front? Do I need to spend $1,000? Um, a lot of times your health insurance company is going to kind of help you navigate this. Um, I was just working with a gentleman in my office, helping him navigate this particular process because he was going through some stuff and he thought he was needed the imaging, but it ended up being a much less costly procedure for him um, because he engaged and he had questions um, and he pushed back. And he didn't wait for people to come to him uh, he went directly to them. Um, but again, it's you know just understanding what the cost is because we, we've discussed this in prior podcasts. The healthcare system, it's not working in your favor. It's expensive, you got high deductibles. Um, so the more we can understand what we're getting into, uh, the better off we're gonna be. Another question that I, I think we should really start asking is what is the procedure code, right? So if they say, all right, I need you to go in And we're gonna have, you're you're gonna do this procedure. You're gonna go to the, you know, you have an outpatient surgical procedure, a laparoscopic procedure, something, you know, just something that's gonna be getting done, that they're, they're, you know, maybe you have a a hernia and you're gonna have some sort of procedure done on that. Ask them, hey, what's the procedure code? Um, We talked about um, Healthcare Blue Book last time in the the last podcast. Um, When you're comparative shopping on Healthcare Blue Book, that procedure code is really gonna help you find where that care is less costly. Um, And out here in in Western Massachusetts, where I'm based, um, you have access to three, four different hospitals. Um, Each one of these hospitals is going to charge you a different price. Um, Beyond just using a service like a healthcare blue book, give the facility a call. You know, we comparative shop everything. And I I know I'm talking about relationships with your providers, but I'm going to kind of take a little zig here about you know, our, our lack of consumerism in healthcare. Cause we comparative shop everything. When you want to buy a new refrigerator. Honestly, I'm telling you, you're online. You're, you're checking out eight different models, four different stores. Can I have it shipped? Can I pick it up? I mean, you're just spending, you know, two, three, four weeks, five weeks trying to find the best deal. You're waiting to the sales. You know, you're doing all these things for a refrigerator. You know, your doctor tells you have a knee replacement and you're going here and it's going to cost you this. Okay, you know there there are options, you know, and that's that's why we're here. We're, I want to open your eyes to this. I want to help you um, navigate it, and just show you that it's, you know, maybe difficult at first, but as we move forward and as you do these things, it's going to get easier and easier. Um, the other question that I think is um, one that we don't ask all that often um, is when you're working with your primary care physician or a specialist. It doesn't have to be your primary care physician. You know, any type of doctor. <clears throat> You know, is there going to do this or they're going to do that? Um, is there anything that I personally can do to improve my condition? You know, is there, is there changes to my diet? You know, is there uh, an over-the-counter supplement I can take? Is there, you know, maybe a little more exercise? Is there some sort of thing that I can do to accept a little bit of personal accountability to make myself feel better? Um, do I necessarily need to take this? Do I necessarily need to do that? Um, can, are there things that you can do that are within your own control to improve your condition? Um, and I, I I promise you, there's going to be situations where there are things that you can do, you know, um, versus going in and getting a, a procedure done or, or getting a prescription. Um, and it's, you know, pharmacy is no, no different, right? There is a lot of questions that you need to ask when... Um, you, when you're getting prescribed a drug, um, you go see your doctor, you're not feeling well, nine times out of 10, here's a prescription, go to the, you know, go to the pharmacy and fill it and you'll be, you'll feel better, right? That's, that's our solution to m- most of our problems. Um, but the question you need to ask this is, do I really need to be taking this drug? Right? Um, I think we, a lot of times we don't necessarily ask that question. We just, again, which is, trust the doctors and again i'm not saying don't trust your doctor i'm saying you need to have a relationship where you feel comfortable asking these types of questions with your physician so when they're prescribing a med i think that is do i really need this yeah you know, it kind of even goes back to you know the last question i said about you know talking with your doctors is is you know is there something i can do to improve my condition you know you have a little bit of high blood pressure your doctor wants to prescribe you blood pressure medicine do i really need to take this is there something else i could do maybe if i improve my diet or exercise do you think that would work first Odds are, I guess, if you went out there and you improved your diet and you exercised a little more, you could probably improve your blood pressure without taking medication. Same thing with cholesterol. Very easy to fix. Now, I, I get it. There are going to be situations where, you know, it's a genetic thing. Um, you've done all those things. You're in great health. You exercise four times a week. You eat great. And your blood pressure and your cholesterol is still high. Yeah. Then the answer to that question is, do I need this? Yeah, you actually do. You, you do need this. Um... But then, I, I mean, I, I, I'm really skeptical too when doctors prescribe medications. Um, and I, I just look no further to the opioid epidemic, right? I mean, you go back 25, 30 years when these Oxycontins were, were first out, it was a full-blown marketing event when these first came out. They were going to doctors and they were just telling, these are the miracle pills right these will pain will be not no longer a problem just give these to your your patients they feel pain just give it to them after surgery just give them these right the doctors just they listened i mean listen marketing works that's why they do it right that's why everybody does marketing cuz it works it helps to get the information out about your product and then you know people feel comfortable and they prescribe it so doctors really weren't digging into the details of you know the the outcomes of these opioid medications right now fast forward 25 years we know different right we know some of those studies weren't as effect as accurate as a they, they should have been we know that the actual effectiveness of some of these opioids for actually reducing pain was no better than a Tylenol right we know this data you know but you know we have the benefit of hindsight where we can see this information um so it's it's not a, an irrelevant question to ask when you say, you know, do I really need this? Um, the other question is, is there an over-the-counter counter over alternative? A lot of times, you know, they're prescribing us these prescription meds, and they're these, you know, you know, kind of high-test pharmaceuticals, we'll call them. But really, you could be taking the over-the-counter alternative. You know, like I alluded to the, the opioid epidemic, right? You could have been taking Tylenol instead of Oxycontins, right? So... Um, the other question here and again this is one that I definitely say bring it up to your doctor engage in the conversation the more you can have conversations with your doctor the better that relationship relationship's, relationship's going to be um, but this is probably one that they may not know the answer to but is is my pharmacy is my prescription drug on my pharmacy approved list right or is this considered a specialty drug understand what you're kind of getting into because a lot of times if it's what's considered a specialty drug you could be paying 20 to 30 percent of the cost of that drug out of pocket um the other question that that you could be asking them and i'm not going to dive into too many details because we're actually going to have an upcoming podcast where we're going to talk a lot more about this Um, but is there manufacturer assistance to help me pay for this drug a lot of these specialty drugs, um, these pharmaceutical companies, um, they like to tell you it's out of the goodness of their heart. I say it's out of guilt. Um, but they have a lot of these foundations to help people pay for these drugs. They're super expensive. Sometimes you'd be paying ten thousand dollars a month for a specialty drug. Um, but there are there are foundations um, that can help you pay for the cost of that. Or there are, um, there are copay assistance programs where if you have a twenty percent copay, you could be paying four or five hundred dollars. The manufacturer will pick that cost up for you. Um, so there are definitely things to be um, be cognizant and be aware of. Um, now, kind of going back to um, back to the the primary care physician, I want to finish up on this. Um, during your annual physical, or even prior to your annual physical, you really want to engage in this conversation with with your doctor because um, you want to know if there are, are there any preventive screenings that I should be getting. Um, preventive screenings are very, very important um, because they lead to early detection. You know, when you're, when you're getting these preventive screenings, um, you can find out, maybe, maybe you have a major illness, you can find this out really in the early stages. Um, and you, it's, it's much easier to treat something in its earlier stages. So um, I definitely recommend asking your, your primary care physician about screenings and immunizations. Make sure you're up to date on, on any of the required immunizations. Um, and again, going back to some of the other things that, that we were talking about, again, a little bit of personal accountability here, right? Ask your primary care v- physician, what can I be doing to stay healthy? You know, what, what do I need to do to stay healthy? And again, it's, it's, it's a tougher one because <laughs> it requires action on you. It's not just, all right, here's a pill. Here's a doc. He's going to tell you just, what do I, what can I do to stay healthy? You know, do I need to, you know, eat better? Do I need to exercise more? Um, should I be seeing a mental health professional? That's these are things that um, I, I now more more than ever, um, you know, men, mental wellness is 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 very important. It always has been, but it's we're more aware of it. As a matter of fact, whenever you go to your primary care physician, they have some screening questions that they have to ask you to to see if if that works. But again, taking um, taking accountability for your own wellness, including your your mental wellness, is, is something good. So um, again, these aren't always going to be easy steps it's something that, that we haven't normally done before. Um, and if you have been doing this already, that's great. Kudos to you. Um, appreciate you taking, um, taking the incentive here, taking the, uh, the initiative, excuse me, and really trying to, um, take care of yourself. So, um, it's so one of the other things I do want to bring it to your attention is something that's out there. It's becoming a little more popular, but it's called direct primary care. Um, there are a few of them out here in Western Massachusetts, um, out in metropolitan areas, you're starting to see more and more of them. Um, direct primary care is, is, I actually the way I look at it is it's kind of what primary care should be, right? Um you you go see the primary care physician, it it, it in houses a lot of um things. They're not typically owned by hospitals. Um it's typically owned by a group of primary care physicians who just want to provide the best service that they can for individuals. Um there's typically like a lab there where if you need a labs, you can get it done right there. It's like a urgent care center so to speak right they have x-rays labs they can prescribe meds they actually a good direct care facility actually i mean a direct primary care facility actually will have um some of the top prescribed medications already there so you can just kind of it's it's kind of an all-in-one but they're not incentivized to see more patients right it's it's typically you pay a subscription um you know one two thousand dollars a year um, so you pay the subscription and you see this doctor unfortunately right now direct primary care is something that's not typically covered by insurance um, but that is something that um, we're looking to change something that um, and I told you about the kind of the nonprofit one of the the visions for the the kingdom health group is to eventually um, have direct primary care facilities um, open for uh, individuals that quite frankly can't afford two thousand dollars to pay for something that their insurance should be paying for. So um, more to come on that. So, yeah, so um, thank you very much. Uh, We're going to come to an end here today. Uh, Next week, we're going to get down into the what I call the alphabet soup of acronyms. Anybody who's trying to read anything about healthcare and health insurance, you're going to run into a thousand acronyms. Um, And it just it jumbles if you don't know what it means. So we're going to dive into that to hopefully kind of demystify that a little bit, give you some definitions. Um, But until then, I'm going to leave you with a quote from Denzel Washington. At the end, it's not about what you have or even what you've accomplished. It's about who you've lifted up, who you've made better. It's about what you've given back. Thank you very much.